Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I got this feeling that I've been here before. I got this feeling that I've been here before. Oh, hello. Welcome to We Knows Parenting. I'm Peter McNair. I'm Beth Newell. And we're recording in the morning. Yes, you got us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Um, we, I passed out at... 8.30 last night in bed. I just couldn't, it, I couldn't stop it from happening. I walked in here and I saw you asleep and I thought, hmm, do I wake up my wife to record a podcast? I just, yeah, I could, I just, I was like, I'll try. And then it was like, you know, when sleep is so seductive, it's like, <laughs> yeah. come here. I was really, I was jealous. And then I thought about like, I guess I'll record it by myself. And then I remembered, hmm, so we never record during the day because we're working and if our kids are around it's impossible because we live in a small two-bedroom uh co-op but now we're so we're away we're in a house we're in a house with my sister and we're recording right now and our kids are just in the other room yeah i mean they will probably disrupt this before the end but that's okay um so if you if you listen right when this comes out we recorded this like a couple hours ago. This is fresh, baby. Hot off the presses. We're hearing fresh content. <laughs> um, so I I was trying to think about what to say about this week, and I like days have become so blurred together. It's hard for me to remember details of like what we did with our kids. But who are we? Who are we? What? Literally, is this metaphorically, existentially, who are we? We had so this week we had really rainy days for like a few days in a row, and it was yeah. just like I. It was such 
I don't know. It was just sort of overwhelming, give, coupled with the news and everything. And I was, I kept telling myself, like, on the other side of this rain is springtime. It's yeah. going to be springtime soon. Just, like, cozy up and survive this rainy thing. So we, uh, thank God, yesterday had some real sunshine. And it was the temperature hit above 60. And we, I got the kids outside. It's a total game changer. Yeah, but I think that's also why I was so exhausted because I went for a run and then I was inspired to copy my sister and I was doing like push-ups and stuff. And then I spent the afternoon outside with the kids while you guys went on (laughs) your massive grocery store run. It was massive. And I was just like, I think being outside was so exhausting in a weird way. And exhilarating. Yeah, it was just like sunshine. You're like, I can't record a podcast. (laughs) I need to sleep. (laughs) Well, I... A lot of like the sort of spiritual podcasts and Instagram accounts I follow have been talking about how like grief is very exhausting on your system. And like we're we're all kind of sure. in like a prolonged state of grief right now between like we've we're, like a lot of people, depending on your situation, we're all kind of like grieving our previous lives and like what we thought was going to happen in our life right now. And then some people are grieving actual people or you know like yeah there's just like a lot going on collectively the world is full of emotions yeah we're all processing a lot right now and i think it does take like a real toll on you your energy and it's just yeah i don't know i uh i checked in with my cousin who lives um where we actually live who's still there uh he's an air traffic controller and so he's still working but you know there's like 20 globally there's like 14 percent of all flights are actually happening and he's like in on those flights there's like three or four people on them um so he he has a bizarre existence but he's always telling me our local <coughs> our local grocery store which is sort of a tight space and there's always a lot of traffic when you go there they're letting like three people in at a time and so he's like waiting in line to go to the grocery store is a massive undertaking uh, yeah. And that, uh, well, I, it's like emotional. Like, like I was saying a co- last week or the week before, like, I think the kids sort of pick up on this, like, uncertainty in the air because. Oh, Maven's, Maven's here. here. She has to go potty. You go ahead. Allie can help you. Okay. Well, why don't you go right here in this bathroom? Okay. And be quiet because we don't want to hear you peeing on a podcast. <laughs> Those jammies or are way too we? big. Those jammies are five-year-old jammies. They're my favorite because the butt falls down constantly. Because she's always grabbing them. She loves to wear them and just let her butt hang out. And if she's holding like a cup or a plate and she's walking, they just fall all the way to the ground. She's always holding like one side with one hand, like an an old... There's a turkey. We got to go have a turkey. Oh, there's a turkey. Okay. We're going to pause. Wow, we're back. And we're back. That was exciting. There's a lot of turkeys out there. And one of them had like a very blue head. For the record, literally, I'm sure that might have been chaotic. Um, <laughs> Beth's sister screamed, turkeys, there's turkeys. And we ran. When someone says turkeys around here, we come running. We run and look. <laughs> there was a big, that was a big male. Is that the blue head? I don't know. Well, I guess we need to do some research on turkeys. You know what the the thing that hangs below its chin is called? I know that you say it a lot, but I don't remember. It's a snood. Yeah. Um, Remember that game? 
Yes, I do. I have a strong desire to place nude now. Anyway, you were saying? So I was saying, like, I think the... So I, I don't think, like, you guys going to the grocery store, I don't think I was super anxious about it. Like, I'm not... For, for whatever reason, germs are not my anxiety. But there as you guys are walking out the door, there's always going to be a slight sense of, like, is this the grocery store trip where we contract coronavirus? Like, I feel like that's what how everyone yeah. feels. So, like, you guys were leaving, and there's just, like, low-key anxiety. Hey! We're recording. Get out. Um, and if then that sounded angry. I had a smile on my face, and he smiled, <laughs> so it was fine. He's laughing. Okay. So seriously, Maven, get out. She had to copy him. And now to I laugh. made it a game. They think it's very funny. Now okay. We're in trouble. So uh, I think Bryn was like just like picking up on the slight anxiety of the situation, mm-hmm. and so you guys left, and he was like. Daddy and Allie. And he was doing sort of like fake, half real, half fake crying thing. And yeah. he was like, this is just like when I was just here with Daddy and Maven, except it's you. And it was, like, <laughs> it was very funny. But he also did that to me when I went out for a walk. He like started crying the other day. Like he's just. Oh, so can we talk about this? So you guys were running around the house playing this. I guess, you know, tag. And he's like, oh, they're screaming. They're having the time of their lives. And you're running around. And then you turn the corner. And then they come in. They're looking around. And we go, she went that way. And then it went around again. And then you came around. And then we saw you flip out of the house. <laughs> this is at night. And you're clearly, like, literally just trying to get away from them. And you go for an extended walk. And so, pretty maybe come around the corner. This is my life right now. Is <laughs> everyone's always seeking me out day and night. And... And we go, she went that way. And we just kept sending them in circles. We're like, that's funny because she's not here. And then we forgot about him. And Ali and I were just talking. And then he finally comes back in and he goes, I can't find her. And he was genuinely scared. Like you were lost in the house in some sort of Narnia situation for all time. And then I was like, oh, no, she's here. And then we saw that it was getting bad. He was sad. He goes, no, no, she went outside. She just played a little trick on you. And then you saw him like try to piece that together, and then just the hurt on his face, oh <laughs> realizing God. that you had abandoned him. He's so dramatic, though. Like I don't always trust his reactions. Like, and he and, also like, <laughs> but as my... another dramatic person, I can just say the 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 core of it is always true. It's just in a very flowery package. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I. Uh... Me and my sister are trying to figure out some ways to toughen him up a little bit because he's just like <laughs> always pouncing on us. Like he's just a little lion. And then we finally got outside yesterday, which is good. I think he needs to like, now that we have been getting outside going on walks, but now we can finally be outside in the yard for a sta- sustained amount of time without like constant movement. It's so good. It's so nice. And so he was doing this thing where he would literally, like he would stand like, 20, 30 feet away from me. And then he would come sprinting directly at me and then just jump on me. So then I was trying to change the game where I was like, right when you get to me, you should dart away like it's a trick. And so he's doing that. But then like neighbors were walking by because it was finally so nice out. Everyone's walking by and they're just seeing this kid run at me and like pounce on me. (laughs) Um, And I was like, he really is like, kind of like a baby cub where I feel like he needs to pounce and like roll around and he 
needs you to like wrestle him for yeah. a certain amount of time. Like he wants to be like roughed up. Yeah. I and relate to that. I used to wrestle with my brothers very earnestly. But it's just like exhausting when you're not expecting it. It's like the middle of your day and you're like holding a cup of coffee and then someone's like running at you. And he's like, here's my knees in your face. Yeah. It's like, but, um, so I think we need to like schedule that into the day or something, or just maybe now that we get him outside. Two more, o'clock wrestling. Be, yeah. <laughs> Um, my new f- favorite exercise is it's called anti tag, where the person who's it is doesn't tag people. Everyone everyone has to tag the person who's it, and that is, person is you is me. And so Bryn and Maven doing their best to try to tag me, and instead of running away from them, my objective is to get as close to them as I can, and then jump out of the way, sort of like a bullfighter. <laughs> uh, I'm like Olay, and I jump out of the way, and it is exhausting. I'm like they can't catch me if I'm trying really hard but they love it because they get so close and I'm like this is legitimately exercise yeah and um which I haven't gotten any of since we've been here and I've gained 14,000 pounds we've all gained some pounds we a number which will not be confirmed we'll never know we don't have a scale here thank god I almost brought the scale thank god you didn't bring the scale if I go back um, to our house ever I'm bringing the scale I have like two pairs of real jeans here and it's like i don't know if i'm gonna put them on again like the (laughs) last couple like i need to i need to make some dietary changes before i attempt those jeans again because like last week i broke a belt loop trying to pull one pair on and then the other ones they just feel tight and like itchy like it's just like i can't Hmm. like I, i can't speak to the itchy well, have you ever gained weight quickly in a short period of time? <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly in the middle of that right now. And the, you know, like the skin is stretching. <laughs> it's, I was uh, itchy last night. I had a terrible night's sleep. One, uh, you know, no tea, no shade, but you were snoring all night. And two. Well, I'm still pretty allergic to the. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's, it's, uh, I just really earnestly said no tea, no shade. But there's plenty this of tea. This is who you've become. I didn't need. Anyway, we're also my <laughs> arms keep falling asleep. I think I don't know if it's this pillow and like the way my shoulders fall back. I wake up and my whole arms are asleep. That sounds like a nutrient deficiency. Like yeah, that doesn't happen normally. I need to run. I need to go for a run. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about canceling my flight. So we were supposed to take. <laughs> Do we want to hear about this? Is this a fun story? This is a fun story. How is well, this? Well, one, we bought last this minute is plane a tickets. parenting podcast. I know, but we, we we're going to take our kids on a spring break. And so we bought plane. T- we weren't going to. And then when the, the coronavirus first was like proving to be serious, we didn't know it was that serious. But I was like, ooh, there'll be really cheap flights right now. And, and, I, so, and you were like, can I book this flight, these flights? And I was like, uh, are you sure this is a good idea as coronavirus is ramping up? Are you prepared to lose the money on these flights? And I said, yeah, I'll buy in cancellation insurance on them. Anyway, I got the cheapest tickets in the world. Uh, and then JetBlue canceled <laughs> them as they thought they might. And now you spent an entire day on hold trying to get your money back. I spent 42 minutes on hold. But the point of the story is <laughs> this poor woman that I spoke to. I knew that she was having a rough day Um, and I called her and I was very nice to her and she was shocked and she was like, I can't believe how nice you're being. And I could just hear the daze 
oh, of boy. people being terrible to her. Like I, I read these articles that are like airlines are trying to not give you your money back because they're you know going bankrupt. So they tried to give me a credit that like expires in a year. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to take this trip. Probably I want a refund. And so these articles get, tell you like they're going to try to take your money. Like tell them they legally can't. So I think so many people are calling. They're like, listen up, JetBlue. Well, I, I've heard similar stories of people who work at grocery stores and stuff like that. They're they're getting kind of traumatized because so many people are being so rude to them because people are stressed out, understandably. Yes. But like people take it out on other people. Um, and I was like, be I, nice to people. This is what my dad is very good at: is being authoritative and warm. I don't know. It's just like, hi, I, I booked this flight. You canceled it, and uh, I'm unable to take this trip. So I'd like a refund, please. And then she's like, huh? uh, it's like we cancel it, or you cancel it. You can tell she's like shell shocked. Yeah. And I was like, well, you cancel. Oh my god, she could find it, and she's like, and then she got it done. She's like, can I just say you? You're being so patient and so kind. Thank you so much. And I'm like, I bet your job has been easier before this. We like we're we've been weirdly primed to delays and disappointment lately. I mean, because I feel like uh, like my whole career is just like things that almost happen and then don't actually happen. That's like how the entertainment industry works. Yeah. But then, like in the last few months, we've been trying to buy a house and like figure out renovations on that house and like just constant delays and our seller doesn't actually want to give us the house. And it's really primed us for this current situation where it's just like, uh, you just have to sit back and be patient and there's out nothing our, out of our control. Yeah. We can't control any of this. And, uh, we're as prepared as we can be. Yeah. And we're going to be positive. All like all my anxiety goes towards food. I like me too. think about food all day. I'm like, what are we going to make? What do we need to buy on our next trip to have the perfect food experience? Oh, like that, oh, we think about it differently. <laughs> I just, well, I'm like, I'm always like, how? What's a meal that's going to be like hearty and delicious, but also sort of healthy and nutritious and last for two days? And like, this is just all I think about all day. That's not all I think about is I hate food and, and I don't want it to be around me because I have no <laughs> control around it. This is. I try to I try to not I try to pretend it doesn't exist. This is why it's hard for me to have you be the one who goes to the store and buys things. I I'm understand. So glad my sister is with you because I was trying to coach you guys and I was like because we don't know if the things on our list are going to be there and you know that you need to make some impulse purchases. If you're only going grocery sh store shopping like every 10 days, you want to bulk up and have options that will last a long time and I was like when you get to the snacks, go a little crazy. <laughs> I, I go will, a little crazy. <laughs> I will say, uh, I I now I no longer shop with my own brain. I shop with your brain. Good. Um, In these times, I need you to get on board. So, and, and the whole point of the, I got a refund on our plane tickets, and then went to the grocery store and spent almost all of it on groceries. Yeah. So we are good for at least a couple weeks. I know it's like. It's hard to be calm about the cost of groceries when it's so high, but it's also like probably less money than we were spending before on just eating about, out and stuff. Just about every lunch you have in the city. Right. And also like my sister lives with us now, so we are now have an extra adult in our household. Yeah. We're all just chomping all day long. And she can she can buy groceries every fifth time. Yeah, okay. That <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Tell you so we the first trip out we've made with masks on, and um, 
there's a real, you know, there's a dumb self-conscious part of you. You're like, am I going to be the only one wearing a mask? Grocery store, almost everybody had masks on. And it really, the people without masks, you could feel they were a little ashamed. Uh, <laughs> which is good. That's a good kind of shame. It's a public health shame. And then we stopped at the liquor store on the way back because, you know, essential needs. And I'll tell you what, not a single person at the liquor store <laughs> is wearing a mask. <laughs> I'm like, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This next segment is called We Knows What They're Watching. Uh, we have some special guests here to discuss the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which we purchased on iTunes this week. Um, say hello, Bryn. Okay, in Sonic the Hedgehog, there's someone named Dr. Robotnik. And some, and w in a funny part, he was like, I love the way you make them. <laughs> Yeah, we have one scene in the movie we keep quoting uh, where the actor Jim Carrey portraying... The, the actor known as Jim Carrey. Portraying Dr. Robotnik uh, has a very funny line uh -huh. where his, he's dancing and his assistant comes up with, to give him some lattes. And surprises him. And he says, what do I look like, an imbecile? Of course I want a latte. I like the way you make them. I love the way you make them. Yeah, so we've been, we've been screaming that at each other all week as we make things or ask for things we want to be made for us. So, Brynn, you've been watching a lot of TV, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, no. I haven't watched any TV today. <laughs> well, not today, but since you've been here in this house. Mm-hmm. So you're watching more TV than normal. Like the no TV on school day rule has gone out the window, right? So tell me, what have you been watching? What's your favorite thing you've seen recently? Uh, let's say Peppa Pig. Why do you like Peppa Pig? Well, because, well, I don't really know. Is it funny? No. No? It doesn't have any funny things. Isn't Daddy Pig funny? Sometimes he goes, Daddy's big tummy. 
yeah, yeah. All right, what what's what else? What show do you watch that Daddy does not like it that you watch? Well, well, could it be one that I don't really that I didn't even watch today? Yeah. Or here? Yeah, yeah, and just in general. I don't really know. Maybe YouTube. Yeah, I don't like YouTube. Do you know why? Why? Why do you think? I don't know. You know, actually, I don't even really know. <laughs> okay, Maven, what shows do you like to watch? What's your favorite TV shows? I think she doesn't know. Yeah, she's having a little trouble answering that. All right. Bryn, you also saw The Goonies the other night. It was scary. It was scary? What was scary about it? Uh, well, actually, it was creepy. What's the difference between scary and creepy? Scary is like um, scary, like things that that aren't really what? good happen and what? scares you. What? And what's and, creepy like? Like skeletons, like and eyeballs. So creepy is more like. Oh, um, so did you, uh, was it scary going to bed after you watched The Goonies? Mm-hmm, I think I had a nightmare. Yeah, what was your nightmare about? Um, there was lava and you fell into it, Mommy and Maven and Allie and Daisy, but the only one that, that didn't fall in was me. So everyone fell in the lava except for you? Mm-hmm. That sounds like bad news. All right, Bryn, what do you think? Uh, do you think there's such a thing as too much TV? No. You've never watched so much TV that you feel a little crazy? No. All right, what movie do you think we should watch tonight? Mm, let's say Sonic the Hedgehog. All right, now I want you to... We watched a few other movies. I'm going to ask you about them, and then you're going to give me your review. You know what that means? Mm -hmm. That means you're going to say whether it's a good movie or a bad movie and why. Okay? We saw the movie Onward. What do you think of that movie? The best. Why? Because I, because they get to see their dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the best answer. I've ever heard. You don't think it's because of those legs walking around all funny? Oh yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> and the funniest part dad. was he was dancing. Those legs were their dad. But he was yeah. just legs. Just legs dancing. He, I think he felt the music or just heard it. We can't hear if you don't have ears, but you could feel it like this. <laughs> Oh, can we talk about some music that you guys have been listening to? Yeah, there's music a, review time. There's a new song that you guys like, right? It's called Hooked on a Feeling. Mm -hmm. And what's the it? part that you like to sing, Bran? I don't really. I think want. your your favorite part is the part yes, that goes. Yes, 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 it's that part. How's it go? <laughs> okay. Mommy, you can like, go like that part. I'll do the chorus and you do the Uga Chaka. No. Maven, can you do the Uga Chaka? I don't want to do any of them. You getting embarrassed? Yes. Or now you're hiding behind the microphone. But yesterday when you were out in the yard, you were singing to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you like singing? Sometimes. When there's no one listening? Mm-hmm. 
Why do you think that is? Because I don't really think they're going to be real songs. Oh, you you don't you don't think they're going to be real songs, so you don't want people to hear? You think mm-hmm. you're going to get it wrong? Mm-hmm. You don't like getting things wrong, do you? Mm-hmm. Like when I have you try to write words and you don't know how to spell them and I won't help you, that makes you really mad, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You really hate that. But that's how you learn is you, by trying. Then I already know how to spell everything. Oh, well, then you don't need to ask me. Inside the well, soon. All right. Not really now. All right, let's ask Maven. Wires? Maven's asking what's inside the microphone. Um, let's say wires. And electricity? Yeah. There's what? some electricity in there. What? In this gray part? Uh, yeah. What? All right, well, before we uh, let you go, um, anything you want all our listeners to know about your lives or your parents? What do you think of us, Bryn? Uh, mommy. Well, I love mommy and daddy's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been uh, We Knows What They're Watching with Bryn and Maven. Say goodbye. Bryn. Bye. Say goodbye, Maven. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. It's where we take questions and comments from you guys. Alrighty then. <laughs> All righty then. I will say, I have to say, great performance from Jim Carrey in that role. Back to his roots. Very fun. We laughed a lot at that movie, and I mean, he's the only he's the only good part of it, and he's great. It's it is one of the rare movies for kids where I think parents will actually enjoy certain moments. Um, yeah, I like the way you make them. <laughs> uh, this podcast got my wife pregnant. Subject line: 
Good morning, Beth and Peter. I've been listening to your sweet, humorous, and real podcast since your first episode, and I've loved every minute of it. I began listening before kids, and now we're expecting our first in September. Yeehaw! I pre-ordered Beth's book to help prepare. My wife, Carly, and I read it aloud to each other and uh, read it aloud to each other and laugh out loud. Carly especially appreciates this book. I can hear her laughing randomly while she reads it alone. We just read the section about setting boundaries. Quote, mic drop and exit the moving vehicle if necessary was an especially delightful phrase we repeat to each other often during quarantine life for a much needed laugh. She's in a demanding graduate program, physician's assistant, and your podcast and book have brought us many laughs as she uh, juggles stress from that, her pregnancy, COVID, and an earthquake. Come on, 2020, you're a dick, and you better get your mind right soon. I remember the early We Knows episodes, which which had more, shall we say, displays of aggression. (laughs) I'm curious if this period in your lives was a result of the double kiddo stress? If so, did you ever use or think about using counseling to deal with the demands of being working parents while raising kids, or did you find you were able to deal with issues and work through things yourselves? I ask because my wife is a direct person who communicates her feelings and thoughts, and she has a good she has good role models for communication. I am practicing those skills as I wasn't raised in a home where communication <clears throat> was a priority. Based on those early episodes, you both seem able to handle difficult conversations well. Was that a result of kids, or were you able to handle these situations before kiddos as well? <laughs> We've been together for 11 years, so I think we have a solid foundation of how to work through things. I occasionally still struggle with communication, and when I do, my default mode is to shut down. I do think about how our relationship will change with a little one. Has your relationship changed, and if so, how? I know there are 30 questions in there. If you decide <laughs> to use this email for episode, I know it will not be disappointed if you pick and choose. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's not much of a pick, but I did attach the only image we have of our little one <gasps> at this point. Uh, ultrasound from eight weeks. Carly is 16 weeks on Friday. Uh, we, we call it a cricket right now, and we aren't finding out the sex. Thought I better explain the name of the attachment. Oh, it said cricket. Um, great. Thank you for your, the work you do and making my and many others Tuesdays delightful. With gratitude, Matt and Carly. Thank you. What a nice email. Um, and congratulations on there the baby. Is. Oh, that little cricket. Look at that cricket. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so exciting for you guys. Uh, 11 years does sound like a very solid foundation for parenting together. So I feel like you guys are probably ahead of the curve. <laughs> Um, we, you know, we got, ma- we had our first baby at around 11. Is that el- true? 11 How years? Long? No, I guess eight years, something. Yeah. We've, yeah. Um, anyway, we, I, we have not gone to counseling. We've talked about it at certain points and we just never made it happen for various reasons, but we do consider this podcast, our counseling session 100%. in a certain Way because you, the listeners, force us to speak to one another in a somewhat respectful way. Not though sometimes we stretch that a little bit, but we're able to discuss things without like insulting each other as much as we might in the heated arguments we would have behind closed doors. Oh yeah, I mean, there's some <laughs> tough episodes to listen to early on, as if you notice. Yeah, we've gotten better, I think. 
Oh, way better. But I think it is a combination of a couple of things. One, for me at least, I've had to go back and re-listen to those episodes and actually have been forced to hear what I actu- actually have said <laughs> <laughs> has been helpful. But also, I think if there weren't people listening, those conversations would have been would have shut down between you and me. Yeah. Instead of moving forward. Yeah. So I think we can both see the conflict coming sooner because the big problem is usually something that happened before the fight, which is something that I've learned. I would say like nine out of 10 arguments start with you doing something that I find problematic. And then where it goes wrong on my part is I criticize in a very negative tone (laughs) sometimes I can be calmer and say please don't do this again or can you please agree not to do this or blah 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 but uh not always successful depending on my mood or the state of the country um yeah and you are your go-to mistake is to dig in your heels and say that that was not a problem and that my feelings are not reflective of reality and to just like, I think that's where you derail it. You're like, put your foot down. And it's just like, I would just like an ounce of owning the fact that something you did concerned me. Yes. (laughs) So that we can move on. It is. I mean, you're of course, absolutely right. Because when somebody does something the way you wouldn't do it. You at your worst and you are so much better now. Well, yeah. Cause it's some, instantly very mean. Well, sometimes we're literally in a global pandemic and someone I live with is like going on impulsive trips to the post office or whatever. And I'm like, could you think about when you might be infecting your family with coronavirus? So we've learned a lot. Yeah. Beth has learned, I think, I think the biggest lesson is you have learned a lot about. The biggest lesson is I have learned. I, I'm a, giving us both a big thing and a big compliment. Uh, you, you've learned a lot about tone, <laughs> which sounds so petty. And I have learned a lot about before I say something, th- th- shut up and think about what's happened for the last yeah. 24 hours. Well, your tone. <laughs> We have, I mean, I think every couple does this. You're so dramatic. So you're like, I like if I'm critical of you. And then all of a sudden, granted, we've been under a lot of stress lately, but you just say like the most outlandish thing, which sometimes is like a blessing in disguise because the insults are so outsized for the situation that I'm just like, well, I know that's not true. (laughs) Like, it's just like so out of left field, like. Uh, um, <laughs> but I think one, yes, this has been our therapy. I, I totally recommend, uh, therapy to people, even though it's something we haven't done because yeah. I think especially for parents, like especially new parents, because I don't like everyone is experiencing a lot of change. And I do think this is kind of what's happening with coronavirus is like, Everyone in the household is experiencing stress in different ways and there's a lot of new information and it's hard not to take it out on each other. And I feel like that's what happens with new parents is they're exhausted and stressed and trying to navigate all these new things. It's almost impossible not to lash out at one another. Yeah. But I think the benefits of 
therapy and why this is our therapy is as soon as you have somebody else listening, it, it immediately, you put yourself in another person's shoes and you're able to hear yourself through another lens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, as soon as I know you're all listening to us, I'm thinking about how I'm coming across to you because we're all such innately as social creatures. And it forces you to self-reflect just to have a witness, um, I would imagine. <laughs> the yeah. other part of it is, I think the time in the podcast when we were the most at each other's throats corresponded to our kids being the most difficult age and you having health issues. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on, but that's how everyone's life is. Everyone has a lot going on. Uh, I'm really am feeling for people who like have a baby and a toddler during coronavirus or like are pregnant with a toddler during coronavirus. Oh my, yeah. My friend from college had a baby like four days ago. Yeah. We had, um, uh, we know someone whose wife just had a baby and they were talking about not like there's some people who are women who are delivering alone because they're not letting partners into the hospital, Yeah, uh, which is very scary. And they're watching on like an iPad. I think they might have changed that in New York. There was like a, I don't know, but um, very scary. Um, yeah. But we're all going to get through this. Um, um the last thing I'll say with this email, it really feels like Matt is the you and Carly is the me. Yeah. When he was saying he tends to want to shut down communication, I was like, yeah, that's like, that's my flight response. Beth? <laughs> Just like. And this is another thing we've both gotten better at. Our old fights, you would always say the most incendiary thing that you were going to say and then and then leave. And <laughs> you not, do that too, though. Well, yeah. Everyone does that. I know, but but nobody leaves like you do. <laughs> well, if I'm just like, this is what I'm talking about, is like when you, <laughs> when I'm trying to discuss like an issue like, hey, let's not make, uh, you know, extra trips to stores. We need to plan ahead and try to do as few trips as possible. And then suddenly you try to switch the conversation to be about something else, insult my character, and like you're just attacking me. It's like, can we go, if we're not going to be on the topic of conversation that started this discussion, I'm not going to continue this See, see the way you just presented it, the way you're like, when I'm like, hey, can we please not go to the store? I'm like, oh, that's not how that was said. Okay, but still, your instinct is to like try to come up with things I've done wrong and not discuss the issue at hand. And then it's like not a productive conversation if we're all like just listing Uh, mistakes. My point was to talk about some things we have adjusted over time. And boy, you don't do the storm away uh, thing anymore because you know I'm going to cut. But what my point was, sometimes leaving an argument is a healthy decision. And this is something if I have it's learned. not a productive discussion, you should not just keep screaming at each other. Right. So I think the big two big things we both have learned is one, I have learned to not chase after you. <laughs> And to just chill out and go for a, leave myself and to like go for a walk. And you have learned to leave on a uh, a softer note. <laughs> and I think that has done one wonders. Yeah. A um, softer note. Yeah. When my husband says, this is what's wrong with you. I'm more diplomatic. That's my, 
that's my cue to exit. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, when I get really, really mad, it's all those things, those complaints I've had in my head that I've thought about yeah. that I couldn't say to you. And then they come out in like the most intense distilled way in a context that's not applicable to. Right. You're like, I like the way you make them. <laughs> that's what I, next time we're in a big fight, <laughs> we say, oh, I like the way you, I love you. <laughs> uh, one more email. This comes to us from Caitlin. Giant baby pics, birth stories, questions, and praise. Mm-hmm. I like most of those things. <laughs> hey, Beth and Peter. To say I love your pod is an understatement. Your podcast was a shining beacon during the horrendous first six months of my son's life. I had PTSD and postpartum depression with a healthy dose of anxiety and rage. Thank you so very much for helping me feel less alone as I made my way to the other side of traumatic birth and postpartum period. I have given your book, Beth, to every woman I know who is pregnant. and I recommend your pod to everyone. First up, I'll share my birth story for Beth. Peter, I guess you can read too. This is long, so feel free to skip it. We won't. I love a good birth story. Lachlan is my first baby born in uh, June 2019. Uh, I am a bigger woman, so my first doctor told me I would get uh, gestational diabetes and I would have to have a C-section. I found a new doctor, thankfully, and she was much more supportive. I gained a total of 17 pounds with my pregnancy and was really healthy throughout, no complications. Baby measured normal, all good. I really wanted to prove the crap first doctor wrong and have a natural, unmedicated birth. Luckily, I had my babe in an incredibly uh, in an incredibly woman-positive hospital with low intervention and the lowest C-section rate in the state, so I felt pretty confident. My waters broke on their own. Full gush. I look like and my husband. I said either my water broke or I just beat my pants. And honestly, I'm not sure which. <laughs> Friday, June 7th at 2:30 p.m. Called the hospital. Told them the situation that I was only having very mild contractions. They told me to take my time coming in. So my husband and I watched a movie, took showers, and generally took our time. Checked in at the hospital at 6:30 p.m. They confirmed that my water did indeed break and that I was uh, ushered up to the very nice birthing suite. Didn't make much progress on my own by 6.30 a.m., so we added Mr. Prostol. Yeah. That got things kick-started, and contractions started coming fast and strong. Unfortunately, at 2 p.m., almost 24 hours after my water broke, I stalled. I talked things through with my nurse midwife. She was incredible, as were all the staff. And we finally decided to do uh, Pitocin. I sobbed because I really didn't want to. Because as you know, Beth, you're really supposed to deliver within 24 hours after the water breaks to avoid infection. Pitocin made my contractions never-ending and almost unbearable. At 2 a.m., almost 36 hours of labor, I begged for that epidural. Unfortunately, it kept failing, and I ended up getting three different epidurals. Oh, no. I started pushing at 4 a.m., and three and a half hours later, still no baby! Baby was in distress. I had a raging fever and midwives were so supportive. But ultimately, we decided that the 41-hour mark, it was time to get this baby out. We went into the operating room. Only doctor in the whole uh, process was the OB who performed the surgery. And due to all the epidurals that just didn't quite work, they had a really hard time getting me numb. So I felt everything. 
Oh my god. It was horrific, but after a certain point, I don't remember much. Other than a giant baby flying by. <laughs> There's really well-placed all caps sections, if you couldn't tell. I'm trying to perform it. <laughs> My husband did skin to skin, and once I stepped, uh, I was stapled back together. They helped him get uh, latched in recovery. Um, no wonder we could not get this baby out. 22.5 inches and 10 pounds, 13 ounces. Damn. He was a whopper. We stayed in the hospital <laughs> for five days because we were both so sick, but we made it out okay. Lachlan was really hard baby those first six months. On top of the the postpartum depression, uh, PPDAR, anxiety, rage, it was a whole lot. But now at almost 10 months, this sweet babe is less of a potato and more <laughs> of a joy every day. He is still insanely tall, 32 inches at nine months, always at least 99th percentile for height. Whew, that is the story. Quick question. How are you dealing with different levels of concern during COVID-19? My husband is much less concerned and wants to socialize and spend time with a close group of friends. For friends. This is stressing me out. Help. I've also attached so many good pics, including my giant pregnant self at 36 weeks. When we moved to San Francisco to San Diego, crazy kids right after the baby was born uh, in a hospital with daddy. And then it, there's a bunch of things I won't describe. Um, but there's a lot to unpack here. Thank you for the bot from the bottom of my heart and showing a functional marriage with children, even when it's not perfect. What do you mean not perfect? Just kidding. Love, 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 Caitlin. But everyone calls me motorboat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really uh, buried the lead there, what motorboat. A great nickname. Uh, okay, first of all, Caitlin, congratulations on the baby. Great work. It sounds like you really did your best through what was a pretty horrible labor, but you got through it. Um, and Real you got quick, through- look at that adorable baby Aww. with dad. He's so sweet. He has a little uh, faux hawk. I love it. Um, so cute. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, God, the... Uh, it that kind of labor and the PPD and everything I think is much more common than a lot of people realize because we're like, hey, new moms, just smile for the cameras. We don't want to hear about your vagina and everything. Um, we don't want to hear that you got ripped open <laughs> over two days. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, her question was, how do you deal with deferring levels of concern with coronavirus? Uh, we've already touched on. Obviously, it. we haven't done with it. Dealt with it perfectly. I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to hang out with people. I just uh, went to the store too frequently early on. Yeah. But we're Uh, all on the same page now. But I do think like that I have heard, I feel like a number of stories that is like people who are like, well, I just want to have like one last drink with friends or I just want to like, I'm just going to hang out with this little group of friends or just go golfing. And then it's like suddenly all those dudes are infected and infecting their families. Like, it's not like, this is not an unreal threat. Like, um, uh, yeah. Also though, I'd be curious cause this email was written, you know, at least like a week ago and the yeah, entire world has changed. Yeah. That's the thing about this coronavirus news is like the news is changing so rapidly. And I do think depending on how often people consume news or what part of the country they're in, I think it is setting it a little slower. So I think it is important, I think to be like a little bit, patient with people and not like scream at them when they don't have the exact same information as you day to day. Uh, it also, it also is a different thing 
to like go to a concert or go to, you know, like these, like a church. Yeah. Uh, I think also. Where you're going to be around a hundred people. That's much more dangerous for everybody than if you're going to go to your friend's house and have a drink. I mean, yeah. I say don't do well, either, but. I also think there's a little bit of gray area. Like we are, we're quarantining with my sister. So we have an extra person with us and she's just become part of our family unit. And I think there are people, if you're like, a single mom or your next door neighbors, you're like a close tight knit group with them. I don't think there's necessarily a ton of harm in like combining into a family unit with somebody. If it's like a very small group of people and everyone is truly quarantining and you're going to help, you're able to support each other. Yeah. Because I do think like what I think it gets lost in this discussion a little bit is that human contact is very necessary to mental health (laughs) like people do like if I was a single mom and I was just like alone at home with kids through all this and then I had to do like a stressful grocery store trip with like where are my kids I take them into the grocery store I leave them in the car like you need some people are going to need support systems through this yeah um so I yeah I think there is certain gray areas with stuff like that and like you know some of us are working more than others some of us are ha- are essential workers and have to leave the house it's all that's this is just not going to be a one size fits all solution yeah but in terms of her question about how do you navigate that I think uh what <laughs> I think like you say listen up dummy <laughs> hey idiot um this is something, you know, I think we're all working on. And I think like there is, uh, I don't know. This is a hard, this is a hard one. Cause I want to say like this, I think this is why I was struggling to navigate this is like in other like situations you could try to draw like clear boundaries with people and be like, if you do this, I'll do this. But it's hard. If you live with someone and they're your lifeline through all this, you can't be like, I'm not, gonna allow you into the house like you you know what i mean like yeah uh you need like it's very difficult it's like and everyone is persuaded differently but i i imagine you know if it was me you know i and i can i can be quick to get defensive and like you said and immediately go like well here's why it's not a problem yeah um if i'm confronted with something yeah um i think it is like trying to stay as calm as possible and this is like something i struggle with with Bryn too, when he's like punching and stuff is like, you're like, I need, I really, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. Even though you're like raging on the inside, you have to like calmly be like, this makes me feel scared for our safety. Here are the factual reasons why. Yeah. I I would imagine this is not actually an issue for her anymore because like you said, the news has progressed pretty quickly, but yeah. Or, or it's uh, storytelling, paint a picture. I'm worried about the scenario in which I get sick and one of us has to go to the hospital and we have a baby here and there's no one to take care of this baby. Which is a very real concern I think a lot of people are having. Yeah, I mean, that's some, you started talking about that. Like well, the three of us, like what happens? Was Brendan going to have to start making his own meals if we're here <laughs> sick? And I was like, oh, that just yeah. got real. Well, and that's why we're trying to send like only one or two of us to the grocery store and then hopefully we... Ideally, we get it at staggered times. Well, the plan right now kind of actually is that like my sister, we make her the most likely to get sick and she's the easiest one for the rest of us to isolate from. Um, 
She knew what she was getting into. She did. It makes it makes me sound very selfish, but I have decided that I have the weakest immune system of anyone here, uh, given my health problems over the last few years and like all the trials that birthing children has put my body through. Um, I think so, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not a strong person, um, mm. but like we have decided, like if anyone's showing signs of sickness, we'll isolate them in my sister's room here, which has its own bathroom. Um, I've heard there, my sister listened to, I think it was like the daily or something on this woman whose husband got sick and they did sort of a similar thing where they were like keeping him quarantined. And then like they, unfortunately they had to share a bathroom with him. So every time he went in there, they had to like wipe down all the surfaces and disinfect so they could take a shower. Um, so hopefully it doesn't come to that and we don't get sick, but. Um, well, we're going to be prepared because we're being careful and we're staying positive. And we're wearing masks and wearing we, masks, we stretched dances. our groceries out so long. I'm so proud. We did 10 days without a grocery store trip. And yesterday our fridge was like almost completely bare. And now it is completely full. Yeah. But we managed to eke out like a couple of last meals that were like surprisingly decent. Like we really did some good planning. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it. This has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. If you would like to send us an email, tell us how you're doing. How are you managing the children in your lives and yourselves in your life? Yeah, uh, how's uh, working with kids or not working with kids? And um, or doing your job. Yeah, how's doing your job? Or do you have a job? Because uh, a lot of people don't right now. Um, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at a number that Beth is about to say. It is 347-384-7396. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at We Knows Pod. And please write us a review. Leave us a five-star rating. Please. And uh, we will see you next time because uh, next week, you know what next week is, Beth? What? Episode 100. Wow. And buy my book for your pregnant friends. Yes. There's no manual. Honest and gory wisdom about having a baby. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.